listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, recording this after a thrilling Los Angeles Lakers 124-122 win over the Houston Rockets. Before we jump into that, don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're there. And of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. One of the people behind the magic at Silver Screen and Roll joining me for this one, Sabrina. How did you sit through that game? Were you not just excited and at the edge of your seat? I'll, I, I will admit this. It was disappointing from a Lakers standpoint, but it was a pretty good game. I'm going to heartily reject that premise that it was a pretty good game. Uh, in no universe should a Rockets team with this amount of talent be putting up 40-point quarters on the Lakers. Like, mm-hmm. that third quarter was an abomination. Um, they got, what, they made 18 threes in this game. Kelly Olenek, the number of like open runways for dunks and layups was maddening to watch. Like this was a very poorly executed game. Uh, I think it showed in the fact like that the Lakers did not give one, you know, iota of care about it because like use the word playing... you wanted to use. Somebody. Use <laughs> the word you wanted to, you know, I'm just kidding. They're, they're playing lineups with like Kaycock and Montrez Harold together. You've got Alfonso McKinney playing real minutes. I mean, Montrez Harrell, I believe, closes the game by playing like 14 minutes in a row up until the final possession. I mean, nothing about the way the Lakers approached this game felt like they were bringing, you know, the level of seriousness that they needed to. Maybe that was because they knew that their play-in position has basically been cemented, right? Like, you know, Portland won earlier in the day, Dallas won earlier in the day. So it's very unlikely that they get to move up in the standings, but still like this was, this was rough. It was really rough. And uh, I'm just looking at some of these numbers, like what the Lakers made seven threes and Houston made 18, uh, 11 turnovers feels awfully low. I thought that the Lakers gave up the ball much more than that, but yeah, it well, was, they, they killed them in the paint though. I mean, they had 86 yeah. points. That, that was a season high for them. Mm-hmm. They were dominating them and, and getting anything they wanted really at will in the paint. And I almost felt like at, at, and again, I mean, it's hard to, uh, you know, Frank, Frank Vogel is not going to do this considering the way the NBA is played. Now, I was like, just go over there and just post up your dudes. Post up Andre Drummond. He only played 22 minutes. He had four fouls. But, I mean, he was killing them inside. And, mind you, he was a, a liability on the defensive end. They were attacking him and, and trying to get him out on shooters and taking advantage of that. But the Lakers, just with the size, I mean, Montrez Harrell, we were talking about this before we started rolling. He had a couple of those big buckets down low with, with six minutes left. I'm like, they could have just fed Trez the ball there the entire time. Because the, the Rockets had nothing for, for the Lakers in terms of in the interior and in the paint, they were just dominating. What's crazy is I watched this whole game and I'm looking at the box score and I could not tell you who Kay Thomas is for the Rockets. And he played 37 minutes. <laughs> That's good. You know what? I can't tell you either. Is it? Who no, is no. Kay Thomas? Is that Kyrie? This is like terrible radio. I apologize for whoever's listening to this, but like <laughs> this is just the level of focus that the, you know, the Lakers brought to the game the, that I brought to the game apparently. And Oof, the playoffs cannot get here soon enough. <laughs> I'll be honest. When when I saw them talking about Brooks, the first guy who came to my mind was Aaron Brooks. And I'm like, of course, him, hey, Brooks, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, who is Armani Brooks? Who are these guys on the Rockets? What happened to James Harden? What happened to John Wall? What happened to the, the Mar- Lakers and the Rockets met in the playoffs last season? Yeah. And the only player who played for that Rockets team to take the court today was Ben McLemore. Yeah. The only one. Yeah. That's crazy. It's and insane it's, the amount of turnover that that franchise has gone through over the last 10 months or so. I, I will say this. Uh, props to Steven Silas. 
I feel bad for the dude. He's coming in like, yo, you know what? We got James Harden. You know, we're going to, we're going to try and switch things up here with John Wall. We're going to see, and look what he's left with. And I mean, I hope they win the lottery and that that's kind of the, the, the saving grace from this season for Houston. But yeah, that was that they're a tough team, tough, tough, tough team to watch, but they play hard. And, and they did. And I, I agree with you, you know, going back to the Lakers, I agree with you. They were, I think once we heard that AD and LeBron were going to sit, uh, I was kind of like, they're just hoping to, to get a win here. And, and they, they did it. You know, ultimately, it was as ugly as it was. They're still at 40 and 30 for the season, two games to go. Uh, you mentioned the, the, the play-in situation. And I, I want to talk about this, too, because, I mean, unfortunately, the, the Blazers ended up beating Utah on, on Thursday night. By the way, I can't wait. I hope Utah loses either in the first or second round somehow. I just I can't stand that team. Uh, I, don't, I think they're frauds. Uh, I know they're out without Donovan Mitchell, without Mike Conley, but I just don't want them. I don't want them to to do anything in the playoffs. And I also can't stand their fans. So there you go. I said it. Um, but yeah, the Blazers end up getting a 105-98 win. So if you're looking at the standings, the Lakers still stuck in the same spot as they went into on Wednesday. Uh, ended up say, still sitting a game behind both the, the the Trailblazers and the Mavericks. Mavericks have a really, really, really easy schedule, right? I mean, who do they got left now here? They got uh, they got New Orleans or not? Pardon me, not New Orleans. No, no, um, they have. Um, Toronto on Friday Toronto and Minnesota and Minnesota. So I, Minnesota might be able to pull it off because Minnesota is playing with a little bit of uh, a little bit of edge and they're playing a lot better over the past few weeks. And then you're looking at Portland. They got a big one. I think they'll lose Thursday. The Blazers will against uh, Phoenix. And then Sunday, depending on what happens, because also the Denver Nuggets might be resting people, depending on wh what happens with them. How do you think this is all going to shake out? Like, do you think they're cemented? That's it. This is where the Lakers are going to be. They're playing the first round play in series as the, as the seven seed. I do think there's a possibility that Portland loses their last two games because they are left with Denver and Phoenix. And those are two teams that are one very good. Um, they're also uh, mm -hmm. like, you know, obviously Denver is dealing with a lot of injuries, but they still have Jokic. So it's still a team that's capable of winning a lot of games. And they're both in the situation where they need to be at their best heading into the postseason. So it's not like they're just going to be you know, closing up shop before the end of the regular season. Mm -hmm. So I could see Portland losing both of those games. I'm having a harder time actually seeing the Lakers winning their final two games just with the way that they've been playing over these last uh, week or so. But I think the most likely outcome is, you know, that the Lakers are going to end up in the seventh seed and it's going to suck because, you know, you're going to get that playing game against the Warriors, most likely the seven, eight, which is going to be tough. Um, and like I'm torn on this because on the one hand, I think that the Lakers need as much rest as possible because yeah. they're so banked up. But on the other hand, they just haven't played any games together, right? Like we, we've seen a game and a half of LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Andre Drummond. And LeBron was basically at half speed for most of that. So it's not even a really an adequate representation of what that trio is going to look like. So maybe they do need some highly competitive games in the play and to figure out, you know, how to get onto that next gear, so to speak. But you're really just playing with fire at that point, you know, like uh, yeah. going up against the Warriors, that team gets hot. Like that is a hard game to have to win. And if you don't win that, then all of a sudden you're in another elimination game against most likely the Grizzlies or the Spurs. And while well, I think the Lakers would be substantial <laughs> favorites in those games, mm -hmm. like, it's just not a situation that you want to put yourself in. So yeah, I've, I've resigned myself to the fact that the Lakers are probably going to be in the play-in and it's, it's fine. You know, just the one to seven drop-off in one season when like 
everyone said that the Lakers had basically upgraded their talent in the off season is stunning to me, but well, how, how much, I mean, you don't attribute that to the injury situation. There were 21 and six. I mean, they started off, they were, they were kicking ass right, right from the beginning. And then obviously everything that's kind of went wrong and AD missing an extended period of time. You had LeBron missing, obviously now an extended period of time. Dennis Schroeder has been out. So they've been, they've been, they've been dealing with a lot. I, I mean, Wait, did you say that the Lakers were 21 and six? Mm-hmm. They started off the season 21 and six. Yeah. That feels like a freaking lifetime ago, ago yeah. that they ever won that many games. Yeah, they were killing it. And I, I actually, wow. I was 21 looking at and it like, six. yeah. And I was looking at it like they would start off. I was anticipating them to start off slow. I thought they mm-hmm. would take their time to, you know, work their way back into, into shape. Maybe have taken extra time off that they normally would compared to a, a typical off season where we're not dealing with the pandemic and the season would have been ended. They had three, four months to get ready. I, I expected them to start slow, but they came out like gangbusters. And then now they're, they're you know, obviously, and I, I you know, I've, I've said this a lot on the podcast uh, every week when I'm hosting it is that I'm not worried about it. I, I'm still not worried about the Lakers. I, I just think when you have LeBron and AD, everything else falls into place around them. Yeah, you're right. It might take them. I mean, they got to get through it. Like you're saying, it's looking way more likely that they'll be a part of the plan. Again, I still think there's an outside shot because I think Portland loses on Thursday against Phoenix. Um, mm-hmm. The Suns still have a ton ton to play for. They're only um, one and a half games behind Utah right now for the, for the top seed. And in, they have the tiebreaker over the Jazz too. Yeah, and if they if they win tomorrow, you're one game back, and then who knows what happens over over the final two. So I, I think Phoenix will probably take that one, and obviously the Trailblazers being on a back to back. I think Dallas is a shoe in. Uh, they'll probably win their next game against Toronto and 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 get in, you know, clinch their spot in the top six there. But I, I do look at it like, yeah, you know what, you're right. I wouldn't want to play the Warriors in the first round just because of Steph Curry, and we saw that happen earlier in the season at Staples where the Lakers were up big, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere Curry went off, and they ended up losing that one one fifteen one thirteen. I think that was on MLK Day. And now you look at it and it's like, okay, maybe they do have to play a game against the Grizzlies or the Spurs and and have their backs against the wall. And and like you're mentioning, you know, get that one game where where you have to put everything out there. You have to kind of be at your best. And we don't know how good that's going to be because like you mentioned, these guys haven't all really played together and in, in quite some time. And you add the Andre Drummond factor in there and, and trying to make sure that you got the right rotations and the chemistry. So I'm looking at this from a point of view, like I'm still not concerned as long as they get into the first round. Cause I think if they play Utah in the first round or Phoenix, they're going to beat either, the, either of those teams. Like, are, are you, how worried are you on a scale of zero to hundred that the Lakers are, are either going to be out in the, in the plan or be bounced out in the first round. You know, the only way I really thought that the Lakers would not be favored in the first round is if they matched up with the Clippers and by falling into the plan, that is far less likely than it would have been had they been the five or the six. Uh, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not terribly concerned about the Lakers losing the first round. Like, like you said, even if they, you know, happen to lose to the Warriors in that opening playing game, they're, they're not losing to the Grizzlies slash. No. It's just, it's not happening. Um, you know, we were on Slack earlier today and our, our friend Jacob Rude like posted this doc that he's collected of LeBron stats and elimination games ever since that, you know, um, game seven against, or that game six against Boston, you know, when they had to go in mm-hmm. to Boston and win against win the Celtics. One, yeah. And like, yeah, he's, he's averaging just, you know, like a, a solid 36 and 12 uh, with seven assists thrown in, shooting 40% on threes, 52% from the field. Like, Give me that LeBron James in an elimination game, and I'm not. T- I'm okay with what the Lakers have going, you know, well, that's in the first round of the playoffs. That, that's my thing too. I'm like, you. You have to look at it that way. Like, I think LeBron isn't. You know, people are talking. And again, high ankle sprains are are very difficult injury to deal with, right? You could be looking mm-hmm. at 
four weeks, six weeks, you know, seven, we don't know what, what the, it takes to completely heal. But I think the problem is uh, people are looking at it like, oh, no, this is a bad sign. I don't think it is. I think he just, they just looking at it. And I think they've actually handled it the right way. I think they were overly cautious with both AD and LeBron. And I, this is, again, I don't, I don't know this. This is just my opinion on it is that they're looking at this and say, dude, we just got to get in. Because none of those teams that, that we'd play in the playoffs have any championship caliber. They don't have the championship medal. We're the defending champs. We got two of arguably the best five, definitely two of the top 10 players in the NBA with AD and LeBron. So we're going to be in good shape regardless. And, you know, we're saying this right now. I don't think it's a guarantee that the Warriors are going to end up with, with the, uh, with the play in spot and, and take them on. I think the Grizzlies could jump them too. That, that game on Sunday that those two teams are going to play, that's going to be a big one. So I, I'm with you. I, I think the Lakers, I, I would be a little bit scared of playing Golden State in the first, in the, in the play in round, just because it's a, in a seven game series, I would take the Lakers in five or six against mm -hmm. the Warriors in a one game playoff. I think there is reason to be cautious, obviously, because Steph could go off for 50 on absolutely night. And, you know, we've seen the Draymond's playing around the Warriors are playing some of their best ball lately. But if you look at the way, the Grizzlies, like you mentioned, the Spurs, I, I would not be scared of at all. Uh, Memphis, I'm not scared of at all. So I think they're going to be in a good shape. And whether it's if it doesn't have being Phoenix or Utah in the first round and AD and LeBron are 100 percent, I'm taking the Lakers all day. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't think that there's I don't think there's reason to be concerned yet. Now, if you talk to us in a week and a half and the Lakers are down three, one to one of those teams, then sure, I'm sure, sure. We'll, we'll hit the panic meter. Uh, I do want to jump into a couple more things here. Let's do that after a short break. All right, we're back. Uh, just discussing the, the playoff matchup, Sabrina. Let's just say the Lakers do ultimately end up as one of the play-in spots um, and, and get in as a seven or eight. Who do you think would be a better matchup for them in the first round, Utah or Phoenix? I would much rather the Lakers play Phoenix than Utah. I don't think Phoenix has a realistic way of guarding Anthony Davis, um, which we saw in that game on Sunday where even without LeBron James, like the Suns were just powerless to do anything to stop Davis. And you think about how much easier his life could get if he had a real life playoff worthy creator delivering him the ball in those situations. So the Suns to me, they're just, their interior defense is not nearly good enough to frustrate the Lakers. And that's kind of Utah's bread and butter, right? Is protecting the paint. And I yep. do think that like the Lakers have that Trump card of playing Anthony Davis at the five and making Rudy Gobert have to stretch out on the perimeter. But you know, the Lakers like playing big. That's their, that's their modus operandi, right? Like that's the way they get the job done. So if they can still play big against Phoenix and have that matchup advantage with Anthony Davis, that's, that's preferable. So to me, the Suns, the Suns are the way you want to go about it. Um, I, I realize like they have Jay Crowder, who's a decent wing defender, but like LeBron has just been like ripping up Jay Crowder for the last like six years in the playoffs. I'm not terribly concerned about that matchup. Um, <laughs> Mikhail Bridges is, is good. You know, I think he's a little too slight to be useful on LeBron or Anthony Davis. So while I like a lot of the pieces that Phoenix has, I just don't think that they're quite uh, well suited to play against the Lakers. Whereas, you know, Utah loads up the paint and you just have to be incredibly disciplined with your pick and roll defense in order to prevent them from getting threes. Like I realize that it's a different situation if Donovan Mitchell isn't healthy or Mike Conley isn't healthy. And I think the Jazz have already ruled out Mitchell for the rest of the regular season. So it's, you know, it's possible that if you get the Jazz, that that's a depleted team, but I'm assuming full health here. So just because the Lakers wouldn't be able to get away with their big lineups and their default pick and roll coverages against Utah, I think Phoenix is the preferable situation here. 
What do you think? What do you think about the rest of the West? Like, I, I know, I mean, you do a lot of work with the Clippers as well like at, Clips, at Clips Nation. Um, when when you look at them, because, I, again, I'm not scared of Denver, Portland, or I, I think the Mavericks could have an interesting series against the Lakers just because they'll mm-hmm. be able to, you know, like we've seen Luka kind of go off. And I think just the way that they play and necessarily not as big as the Lakers. And I think that has given given the Lakers some fits. So, I mean, I think the Mavericks could go go to six, maybe seven against the Lakers and make it interesting. But, like, is there any other team maybe, like, do you think the Clippers are the hardest matchup for the Lakers in the West and then everybody else is kind of a tier below them? Or is there another team out of those top six that you look at right now and think, okay, other than maybe – um, you know, Utah that you, you, you'd look at the Clippers or, or Denver or Port, like who scares you other than the Clippers, sorry, who scares you the most out of those top six? I think there's a definite delineation between the Clippers and the rest of them, because the Clippers are just the only group that, like I said, you know, with that Anthony Davis piece, um, Davis has just not been very good against the Clippers in the regular season. They're, they throw a lot of doubles at him. They make his like difficult in the post, uh, the Lakers have just not had a lot of success playing big at all against the Clippers, which is shocking now that Ibiza Zubac is even starting. Like Drummond was pretty useless in that matchup. And I realized like the Lakers were very shorthanded last week when they played against the Clippers, but everything that the Lakers do well, the Clippers seem to have a counter for, which is why I think that they're the, the worst possible matchup, potentially even in the league for the Lakers. Uh, but beyond them, like, you know, Utah does some things well, like they protect the paint. Denver, I think, honestly, might be the second best team in the West, like other than the Lakers and the Clippers, but the Lakers just match up really well against them, right? Like they mm-hmm. uh, have done a good job against Jokic. Uh, Anthony Davis has just been really good in that matchup. Um, I'm not particularly worried about Denver at all. Uh, already said that Phoenix, I don't think is that big of a deal. So, yeah, I mean, like if the Lakers can set this up so that they, you know, potentially avoid the Clippers against the conference finals, even if you're coming in from the seven seed. That, that's a pretty good place to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and that I agree with you. Cause I think looking at the way the West is shaking out and do I think this would have been the standings and the way it would have been if we were in a normal 82 game season? No, like the, the, you know, the, the pandemic got under control, let's say at some point last summer, which damn feels like an eternity. <laughs> How long ago does that feel that we were, you know, talking about bubble basketball. Um, but if you're looking at, 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 at how that could shake out, like, I don't, I do, again, I think that there's nobody really in the West. I, I would say, I, I would kind of go the opposite of you. I would say the Clippers are the worst matchup. Number two, I think would be Phoenix, then three Dallas. And because again, I just think Utah is, is not going to get it done. I, I know they've been at the top of the league the entire season and everybody's talking about them, but they haven't done anything in the playoffs they they, even all those guys like when when it's crunch time in the in the postseason it's a whole lot different pressure than it is in the regular season and so I'm not I I just don't think I still think if the Lakers are fully healthy or even at 90% health I still think they're the best team in the West so I'm looking forward to seeing how this all shakes out in the end let's get into this because we're close enough to the playoffs we know the Lakers are at least going to have at least one probable most likely one hopefully maybe two playing games but if they do get in what do you what do you think their chances are at repeating as champions? Even like let's just say LeBron and AD are ninety percent, eighty five percent, hopefully hundred percent. We're not going to know until we actually see them back on the court fully. Where do you put the Lakers' chances at at repeating? All right, so I think there are about five realistic contenders for the title: uh, the two LA teams, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee. Hmm. And I'm not entirely sure 
that any one of those is meaningfully better than any of the other teams. So I'd probably say like one and four to repeat okay. one and four, one and five, somewhere around there. Okay. And what about, what about you, Jazz? Are you scared? I would say I still put them as the favorite. I think if Brooklyn is healthy, I think that's going to be a whole different ball game. We haven't seen those three dudes play together, you know, for any sort of extended period of time this season. Uh, they're going to score 120 points a game. If KD, Kyrie, and, and, and Harden are healthy, I'd love to see how the Lakers match up with them. I think they would be the favorite for me, the Nets would, going mm-hmm. into the playoffs. And then second, I'd put the Lakers. And, and I, again, I'm basing this on if they're 90% healthy and even watching the way they play. And, and you know, again, people can sit here, and, and I was talking about this with Anthony on the podcast last week, that last season when the Lakers would go through slumps, and he, you know, they, even I, I think earlier this year, they lost to the Pistons one game. And I remember seeing tweets like they got to fire Frank Vogel. It's like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like they're going to be fine. As long as they have, as long as they have LeBron and AD on the court. And it's the same thing with, with teams like the Clippers, as long as they have, and I'm not comparing them, but as long as they have Kawhi and Paul George on the court, they're going to be fine. Uh, As long as, you know, Phoenix has Devin Booker and Chris Paul, they're going to have a shot. So to me, I, I still think the Lakers are probably the second, like I would put them as the second highest favorite in terms of the odds. And then I'd go with Brooklyn one. Probably Philly at three, the Clippers four, and then Milwaukee at five. And and that's simply because I don't believe in 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 Milwaukee that they haven't gotten the job done where they were they were juggernauts in the East last couple of seasons. So I, I don't really put them necessarily at the level at the other four teams, but they're right there. But yeah, I don't know. I just think with the Lakers, it's 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 just gonna come down to health. And it, if LeBron's looking at 70% and AD you know, tweaks his ankle or, or, you know, has a back spasm. Yeah. They, they can definitely lose in the first round, but if they're looking at 90% health, I just think they're going to be good. Yeah. I guess um, part of my skepticism is just that we can't assume health, right? Like uh, LeBron came back and then he yeah. went out after a game and a half and he still hasn't returned, you know, eight days later. So uh, I mean, no LeBron, the Lakers aren't getting out of the plan, right? Like yeah, I, that, I like yeah. Anthony Davis quite a bit. I don't think it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I, and I, we don't know. And like you mentioned, and we thought LeBron would be back sooner than he was. And once he came back, we thought, okay, he'll play out the string and they'll be okay to get in the top six. That probably maybe would have stayed in the top four or five, you know, at that point, who knows if LeBron came back and AD, I think they were really cautious with AD given the, the type of injury that it was and the threat to the Achilles. So uh, in terms of like tearing it and having him rupture something. So uh, I, again, I, I just think it, it's going to come down to, and I, I know for, for some people, it's a skepticism for me. I'm just looking at it. Like if they go into it healthy, they're going to be fine. Uh, let's wrap up on this. Some just general NBA talk. Is there any series that you're looking at, at in the first round that's shaping up that you're like, that is going to be the one to watch. Cause I, I want to admit this. I want to talk to governor, uh, governor Cuomo in New York. I don't even know who it is in Philadelphia, but look, open up the stadiums to anybody who's vaccinated, fully vaccinated, get them in there because I miss watching playoff basketball at the garden. And, and those fans would be rabid right now with this Knicks team. Yeah. For me, uh, the one that seems most interesting would be if the Clippers are matched up against the Mavericks. I think that's a really mm-hmm. interesting potential series. Like it was, it was really good last year, even without Porzingis and I mean, the Clippers were basically without Paul George for that series because he did just did not have it during the first round. So I think those two teams closer to full strength would be really interesting against one another. Um, in the East, I'm not terribly interested in any of the like first-round matchups other than the 4-5 just because I think the quality of those top three teams is so much better than the rest of the conference. But whoever ends up in the 4-5, like if you've got Atlanta, New York, or um, – 
Miami, New York, or like whatever that happens to be, I think that'd be pretty good matchup. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. I kind of want to, I'm looking forward to, I am looking forward to Clippers Mavericks is that's, that's what it shapes up to be. Um, but also in the East, like, like, I, I just want to see people in the garden. I just love, you know what I mean? I remember watching that probably, you were probably way too young for like the mid nineties when I would be like sitting there and watching Patrick Ewing and these guys. So I miss watching some old school basketball in New York. And I, you know what, really, I'm just looking forward to the playoffs starting and hopefully by the end, you know, things are seemingly getting under control with the pandemic. So hopefully we do have, I don't want to say full arenas by the end of it, but fuller. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, Sabrina? Yeah, I mean, the Lakers had, what, 4,000 fans in the building today. So that's already about double the 10% that they were working with when they first opened up. So Mm -hmm. we're getting closer, you know, and you you can really feel it. Like even with 20% fans, like that is a huge difference from zero. Yeah. Just enormous. Oh, and I'm noticing that too. Like the last couple of Warriors games, I was writing about them for for Golden State of Mind on our SB Nation uh, sites that I was like, damn, okay, I can actually hear the fans. I'm like, I like this. And it's not that crappy fake fan noise that we've had to get used to over the last you know, year or, or so. So I, I, I'm just looking forward to being at least semi back to normal. And the good part is we know that the 2021-22 season, hopefully, I'm fingers crossed that we have full arenas and it's back to normal. The viewing experience is the same because I'm about done with this pandemic business of covering sports. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I think we're, uh, we're all on the same page on that. It feels like it's just been one long consecutive streak of weird basketball since the bubble opened and i mean i'm I'm excited that the the league you know knock on wood basically got through the season like uh it's hard to say that they got through it in one piece because you know players are still testing positive even this final week of the year um and i i guess we won't know for a very long time if it was worth the risk but you know we're almost at the end of it and hopefully the playoffs are a little bit closer to the postseason that we've like come to remember instead of as much fun as it was, you know, for Laker fans in the bubble last year, I'm sure the general public is much more excited to see what this year is going to look like. Oh yeah. And the, and the ratings tanked ratings tanked last year too, within the, in the bubble, they, they were awful for the finals. And I thought they'd be pretty good with the Lakers and, and heat. And that didn't turn out to be the case. So I, I think a lot of it is a viewing experience. I, I've, I've kind of haven't felt the same watching games, regardless of the sport, you know, NFL, NBA, uh, NHL baseball is kind of getting there now in, in the certain states that have opened up. So I think we're all looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we're back to normal, at least for the beginning of next season. That'll do it for this episode. Don't forget, like I mentioned off the top, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. And of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. That does it for this episode. We'll be back with another one tomorrow and I'll catch up with you all again next week.